Hello and welcome to Track by Track, the Trash Music Podcast with me, Dan Bull, editor of Trash, which can be found at movetotrash.co.uk and... Me, Will Warren, pop enthusiast and uh, long-time Pet Shop Boys fan. Uh, we're here uh, in the first of a hopefully reasonably long series of um, discussions about um, significant albums, albums we love, albums everybody loves, um, to talk through the tracks in a bit more detail and to uncover some hidden gems um, and some fun within each of the uh, songs we're going to talk about today. For some of these you may already know, you can head to Spotify and you'll find artists like, just grabbing a name from Thin Air, Pet Shop Boys. Uh, they've done that already with um, some of their previous albums. Sometimes they've done it with guests like David Williams and they've just spoken track by track about how they made the album. And I think we want to do something similar, but we want to cover a broad range of pop music, whether it be a band such as the Pet Shop Boys, for just picking a random example out of the air, uh, to something a bit heavier, to something a bit lighter, to something older, to something really, really recent. I think we want to enjoy music's rich tapestry of of genres and moods. All centering around quality pop music and, and its th- various tangents and i think it's something that pop music i think you know websites like pop justice um and a lot of what you see online in music blogs now pop music pop music gets a better uh, rep now and i think we really feel passionate about talking in deeper about specific albums that have gotten pop music to have that great reputation in the noughties and the 90s and, and before that. And also kind of sort of the mantra of Trash is that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. And uh, hopefully going through these albums and going forward, you'll see some sort of things that you might find questionable, but we'll hopefully um, uh, fight our case. Um, some you, you know, they're not guilty pleasures. It's, we think it's quality pop music from different ages. But I do think we're going to be pushing it in future weeks with some of the things we've got lined up. Um, but more of that to come. I think, should we talk about what today's album and the group that we're going to talk about today? Sure. Do you want to do that? Um, it's going to be a surprise, isn't it? But um, I think we wanted to start off with the Pet Shop Boys. They've got a long career going back to 1981. Dan, how old were you in 1981? I was um, minus five. You were negative five. I was plus one in 1981. Um, I think when you talk about quality pop music spanning many different genres over many different decades, the Pet Shop Boys have done it. I mean, I'm a fan, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think they've done it brilliantly. Uh, The producers they've worked with over the years, the collaborations, the people they've written for, um, they've really had their finger in many different um, artists. And that sounds, it sounds a bit... Um, in, in the nicest, most professional way possible. Um, I think we thought really hard about what album we wanted to dive into with the Pet Shop Boys today. And they've just had so many good ones. But I think we wanted to start off with their most recent and album. And we may well in future episodes come back to some of their more classic albums. I think we will. Um, we should. I think we should. Um but today we're going to go into Super from 2016, which was their 13th studio album. That may not seem very like very many if we're looking between 1981 and 2016, 
there's a lot of other stuff in between collaborations, um, producing and writing for other artists. But I think for me, Super um, sums up what's great about the Pet Shop Boys and what's great about pop music. For me, what made this album so successful is that it came after some questionable choices maybe from from critics. So you had Elysium, which was a very kind of a lounge and subdued album. And then following that very quickly, I think less than a year later was um, Electric, uh, which was a much more hard hitting, a, a real dance album really. And Super for me is almost like those albums pushed together. It's on, it's it's all sides of Pet Shop Boys, and it is a very it's it sounds easy to say, but it's a very classic sounding Pet Shop Boys album. Uh, there's hints of the eighties in there. There's hints of nineties uh, sort of and kind of um, Manchester Hacienda kind of sounds, and also it, it does sound you know it's produced by Stuart Price, a very uh, profound in demand uh, producer, and it sounds very off the time as well. So Dan, quick on-the-spot quiz for you. So what can you name five other bands as big as, if not bigger than the Pet Shop Boys that Stuart Price has worked with in the last 20 years? Um, let's... I'm going to go Madonna, Killers... Uh, oh, wow. Uh, take that. Um, has he worked with Kylie? Yes, he's worked... Af- I think, Af- yeah, Aphrodite was a Stuart Price production. Okay. And I get one more... Um, I think he's worked with everything, everything. Maybe not as big as Pet Shop Boys, but a good but very, new band. Very good, all the same. I think this isn't the last album that the Pet Shop Boys are going to work with Stuart Price on. I think they spoke about pre- re- releasing three albums as a trilogy that were produced by Stuart Price. So we had Electric, Super, it was two years ago. I think if we're going on that, we could probably wait another year, 18 months, hopefully. I'd rather not. Uh, sooner would be nice, um, but probably another year, 18 months before we see the next and final collaboration with Stuart Price. I think for me, um, prior to Super, the last Petra Boys album I truly loved, I, I mean, I've enjoyed them all and they've all had some massive highlights, but I think the last one I really loved was Yes, um, which was the Xenomania collaboration produced by Xenomania. Um, and probably not the last time we're going to discuss Xenomania or Stuart Price for that matter um, in albums we've got to come further down the line. So um, uh, should we dive in? Let's do um, it. And get into track one um, of Super. Um, and what a place to start. Um, so let's dive in with Happiness. It's a long way to happiness, a long way to go But I'm gonna get there, boy, the only way I know Cause it's a long way to happiness, a long way to go But I'm gonna get there, boy, the only way I know So what to say about happiness? I think it's a, it's a, it's a big bold intro it's uh it's not a a, a pet shop boys sing-along kind of anthem it's very it's showcasing their more instrumental side those words that kind of melody in there is a long way to happen it's a long way to go i searched i googled a long time to find out where that's from because i was sure that was some sort of sample or they were kind of ripping off some sort of like boy scouts chant or, or an old american advert or something <laughs> like that but yeah what, what do you think about happiness i think in general well it's nice to be happy um, it's a, but it's a long way to happiness. There's a long way to go. 
Uh, I think it's... I, I hate it when people say about a, a lead track off an album that it sets their st- they set their stall out for what they're what they're aiming for with this particular s- campaign, this particular sound. But, but I think, but I think it's very true of this song. I think it's the the heavy dance influence. It's almost hypnotic. The the beat and the the repetitiveness of the melody to it. I think, but I think it is it does set the tone really well for the rest of the album. I think despite this being the second um, collaboration with Stuart Price, it's very different. And I think, well, the thing that's, I probably should save this for the end when we're wrapping up, but I think one of the things I love about this album is, you know, just the 90s dance influences are just dripping through every track on this album, which I love. Um, Because it's just, it's one of my favourite sounds and favourite times in, in music I think it's a nice way into we've probably got a couple of real really big songs coming up as the next two tracks so I think it's a really nice way into them and I love I love the lyrics and the words and I think it is it's quite it's a very bright approach it's not until the it's not at all the melancholy of the Pet Shop Boys that we will hear later on the album that we typically do um but I think it's a lovely it's a lovely way to kick off I think well like you said about um electric is harsher and rawer I think potentially could have alienated some of the kind of earlier fans whereas I think Super as a whole and, and going from happiness it's cliched but it's classic Pet Shop Boys <laughs> in fact I read in the recent uh, classic pop um, special edition Pet Shop Boys magazine oh that was so good which was fantastic yeah. um, they they almost there's some sort of comment about there being no such thing as a classic Pet Shop Boys because they changed so much and that is true but to completely contradict that this album and that intro for me is classic pet shop boys um and buy classic pop magazine as well by the way fascinating read every month and uh, a subscription makes a, a great gift uh, oh really i haven't received my first issue yet i do need to chase that up. <laughs> um let's move on so we're going to head into the pop kids which is track two and classic pet shop boys <laughs> we knew the songs they called us the pop kids So the pop kids, Dan, what do you think? So I'm going to be honest about this song. When I first heard it, I didn't love it straight away. Um, I thought, I don't know why, I seem to remember thinking it was um, a little bit obvious or something like that. I don't quite know why. And I was wrong. I absolutely love this song. I think it's, you know, they're talking about being in the early 90s and they've completely captured that, the essence of being somewhere like Hacienda and that kind of Manchester scene and this kind of the the hedonism and the dance beats and the, the bits of piano and keyboard in there it kind of perfectly captures what I imagine it was like there you can probably relate a little bit more <laughs> than me on that um yeah it just makes me want to go out clubbing and particularly uh, the, la- the the bit after um the spoken word bit the, and after I like it here I love it and it kicks in again I just really 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 want to be on a dance floor with really cheap old 
disco lights dancing to that bit. A kind of a kind of red stripe in your hands. Absolutely. Your feet sticking to the carpet, the, which is carpeted the dance floor. Would you, would you agree? Well, I think for me, it, it I really I really love this song, and it it does remind me of a, like very specifically about not not the nineties, but when I first moved to London and. Um, it was all about the music, going out, dancing, any opportunity that you got. And the friendships that you make and that kind of just passion for having a good time and enjoying good like pop music, dance music. And it's, the writing, you know, the lyrics, they're, they're so good, aren't they, in, in making you feel um, nostalgia and making you feel certain feelings. And I think this is the brilliant example of that it's it's got this brilliant dance beat running through it as well and i can't quite place what song what dance song from the 90s it really reminds me of but it's almost like it it reminds me of the dance songs of the 90s which is as vague as it gets but it's uh, like you say it's just so infectious and the beauty like of many pet shop boys that seem so simple on the surface that have got a lot of layers to them um and I think, you know, we may come on to talk about the extended version of this song that's um, that was released as part of the single for this, where you get an extra verse. Yes. Which gives you um, an insight into where the two people in this song are in their lives in, 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 the, real, in the current world and in real time, which it also gives you sort of five and a half minutes of this song rather than three minutes 55. Um, which is no bad thing. Well, it's never a bad thing when it's when it's as good as that. So I think... I think it's safe to say we both love this song. I was a pop kid, like even younger than going out, um, being a youngster and friends listening to Oasis and that kind of thing. Like I, I had no, I found that so drab and dreary and depressing. And I just lived for pop music. And you know, I, I, I think I feel actually really lucky to be getting into that during the late nineties. I think for pop music, obviously Pet Shop Boys were around then still, um, but pop was just huge. Um, Spice Girls had literally taken over the world um I, I remember buying smash hits every was it smash hits every fortnight wednesday, yeah on a wednesday is it yeah and then top of the pops was every month i just live for pop music and and so i think as i've grown older i've i listen to a wider range of music now but still got such a such a passion for pop well, i think you probably are still a pop kid this like some 40 years later Oh, your maths is a little bit off there. Um, yeah, we love that one. And I think actually, title-wise, the next track kind of... It's almost like the Pet Shop Boys are looking back right now. So they're looking back to when they were the pop kids and then the next song is called 20-something. Lyrically, um, I think a very different take on writing from the pop kids. Uh, the pop kids is a real story, and you've got that kind of those really long lines about I studied history, well, you did biology, and that kind of thing. Here, it's very kind of to the point, very short rhymes, uh, hard to beat. Check your reflection walking down the street, uh, which is no bad thing, but it's a very different. Um, it's a different style. I think the, the Pet Shop Boys do have those two uh, songwriting and lyric styles. Uh, the one that always shouts out to me is 30s Calling Round the Bend. I remember a couple of years ago now when that was the case and it was terrifying. Um, 
Was that the case for you? Well, it was. I haven't actually reached thirty yet, so I'm just going to have to take your word for that. But um, <sighs> it's it still tells the story. This song, you know, despite the the change in in st- storytelling styles it, through the lyrics, I think it's the immediacy, the the the, the frivolity, the um, yeah, it's very generational feeling about you know being twenties and what you what you can do, what life is like. I think when you do get into your late twenties, you do start to think about your 30s being around the corner and I'm sure yeah. Chris and Neil are very, are very reflective on their youths mm. and, and the ageing process and what it is like what it was like to be younger and I think it's something we all think about as we get oh, I don't want to get too deep this isn't a a, a therapy <clears throat> self-help podcast but um, you do think about the more as you get older and yeah. I think I like the progression I like the move on from the pop kids into 20-something, because it almost feels like life is moving on, time is moving on yeah. between the two tracks. I think we're in for another change now as we go into track four, which is uh, Groovy. First off, I love the guitars in that song. Yeah. I think it's... It's, it just keeps it, it, it keeps a real momentum to that song um, and the haunting Pet Shop Boys melody kind of in, in the background particularly towards the end of that track it's just you know, one of their signatures and it's a very for me I always find a very melancholic very familiar very nice comfortable sound to remind you exactly what you're listening to it's just so nicely woven into many many different tracks different styles that they've done but um now, I wouldn't say that's my favourite, it's one of my favourites from the album, but I do think it's a real steady dance track. Um, I actually think this was one of my favourites when it when it first came out. It's weird, because listening to it, I feel like now I'm listening to it a little bit more in depth, uh, and that beginning kind of, the first maybe 10, 20 seconds, is down, to down, to down, to down, almost sounds a bit like a, a jazzed up countdown clock. <laughs> Musically, near the beginning, it's the most, potentially the most 80s the album sounded, said before pop kid sounds really 90s i think this mm. sounds really 80s and actually throughout it um and then there's this weird bit at the end where that kind of those weird sound effects at the end that kind of really remind me of uh meet is murder by the smiths so maybe this one does a crowbar that a little bit of the 80s <laughs> in there as well um a question for you is the crowd noise really do you think would you miss that if it wasn't there in this track i don't know what it's doing there but i do like it and i think maybe that's uh as well, my, where my little countdown thought comes from, I can maybe it almost sounds like some. If they made a music video to this, I can imagine it would like be almost be a game show that Neil was presenting. Do you know what? That's quite a good uh, title for a Pet Shop Boys song. I don't know what it's doing there, but I like it. <laughs> Track five on Super um, is the Dictator decides. So here we go. Boy's most political moment since I'm with Stupid from is that from Fundamental? Yeah, a real kind of change of tone on the album, um, and also a lovely excuse for a, a costume change for Neil when he's performing it live. 
gets his nice long coat on and his Russian winter hat. That was because about a minute and a half before things really before he really needs to do some business, isn't there? Yeah, and I seem to remember he just kind of strolls up and down the stage, you know, assuming it's about Kim Jong Un. But having said that, and it was this was written and even released before Trump came into power. But um, some of those lines, um, my facts are invented. I sound quite demented. So deluded at beggar's belief, it would be such a relief not to give another speech. That sounds quite a lot like Trump. Uh, well, you're a Trump supporter, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Uh, you are mistaken, actually. Oh, dear. Sorry about that. Um, I don't know what ever happened to Hillary Clinton, but um, maybe she could duet with the Pet Shop Boys on their next collaboration. It's the new Dusty Springfield, Liza Minnelli, Kylie Minogue. She's got the hair. Robbie Williams. Um, that, that's It's a lovely track, that one. And I think it's, it's nice to have a change of pace in an album that's so dominated by quite heavily dance songs although it still has its moments in there as well so on that note i think the pace will pick up now as we head into paso which is the next track which is track six not everyone's cup of tea might be time to make a cup of tea um in the next two and a half minutes that song um certainly a banger isn't it um not a lot there lyrically but um it builds and builds and you could really lose yourself on a dance floor to that song yeah think? after a few shandies uh kind something. of red stripe again again are you sponsored by red stripe <laughs> um i think what songs like this like playful pet shop boys more instrumental songs really make me think about how how they begin songwriting and how they begin putting songs together and you know was this did Chris present this as an idea for a whole song and actually they decided that it was just they liked the beat and the melody but they didn't want to put it into something else and I also often wonder about because I, I know Neil adds to the the instrumentals and the synths and that kind of thing and I, it gets me wondering actually what does he, what parts he play because you never see him doing it live yes and Pazzo actually um, is Italian for crazy. Uh, not my favourite of the album. Probably my least favourite track on the album, if I if I had to venture one. I don't think it would be my least favourite, but I'm going to leave that little little tidbit of information for later. Um, I'm not sure how the boys listen to music. I'd hedge my bets on Chris liking a download and Neil liking a vinyl. And at this point in the album is where we'd probably flip over to side B. Um, and kicking things off there is... In a sanctum. Sanctum, um, which was also the name of their Royal Opera House dates uh, two years ago, which they're going to be bringing back this year. It was also, um, I saw them at Bestival and they opened with a song and it, it just kind of is such a dynamic, huge opener. Um, 
and obviously most people going to see the Pet Shop Boys, particularly at Bestival, have probably never heard that song before, but I think it's one of those where you just sort of stand in awe and just anticipate what's going to happen next. Probably not what you're expecting if you have a preconception of what the Pet Shop Boys were, maybe in the, when they were huge in the 80s and the 90s. If you were going, if you were at Bestival and you turned up because you thought you might hear, oh yeah, West End Girls, they'll go West, um, and then they open with that, that's going to, well, I would say that would knock your socks off, wouldn't it? Well, um, and well hopefully is. that would then just kind of make you sit up and think this, this, I think we could say the same for the whole of this album, what the Pet Shop Boys are doing now is very now. Yeah. And there are, for me, there are a few things to unpack from this song, and it's, First of all, you know, I think it could be, it hasn't been released, there's certainly nothing on any of the streaming services, but, you know, you can almost have a extended 10-minute version of this song because there's just so much going on in there to enjoy. I think I was I was actually sad when, when, the, when the clock started to run down and we had to come back and start talking again because it was just so much to, to enjoy in there, which wasn't the same for the two, and a, two minutes 44 of Pazzo. Um, a real thing against Pazzo. Well, it's just, it's crazy. Um, but in a sanctum, a couple of throwbacks for me. First of all, there's that real kind of euphoric, um, tr- almost trance-like um, climax, where it almost feels like that Café Del Mar. Do you remember that song from the, when like Ibiza dance and trance music was huge? Yeah. That was a big influence. And I think around the same time, a track called Age of Love, which was some of the uh, some of the haunting harmonies you could hear in the background, which is very familiar. I think I saw online someone had done a mashup um, and um, brought the brought the two together, which sounded really good. We both went to see the Petra Boys at the Royal Albert Hall. We didn't sit down for two hours because it just set the tone for the rest of the for the rest of the set. Um, and I think it's for me it's a it's a highlight on this album and I think it's a great example of what the Pet Shop Boys and Stuart Price together can do for now that they're not reliving past glories are they they're still pushing things forward and trying to do something to great success that's that's current and different I think something great to back that up is the fact that we were talking before about that classic pop uh, Pet Shop Boys special the whole of the top 10 their top 10 Pet Shop Boys songs are from 2006 onwards which is crazy considering that you know that that gets rid of West End Girls and Go West and it just shows that the 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 best stuff they're making is now and so what's great to be a Pet Shop Boys fan now is that they probably haven't even made their best album or their best song yet. Okay, next track, track number eight, uh, Undertow. <laughs> Another big song. It's, what did you think? Um, I think this has always been one of my top three, top four favourites on the album. Never been number one. Um, but why so high up? It's very uplifting. There's something very simple about it, I think, as well. Um, the Lyrically, in in the chorus, it's, it's very simple. There's a lot of repetition. I really love the around, around, around kind of repetition. I, I have this vision in my head when they're doing this. It's, it almost feels too pop for Pet Shop Boys. So I've got this vision in my head of some form of pop group um 
obviously they've written for girls allowed before, but some sort of stereotypical pop group doing a dance routine to this song. I don't know why. I almost want to make that dance routine up. Should we do that now? No. Um, it's funny you should say that because I always thought it was a more of a harder dance track where we've gone from something that's quite euphoric and uplifting and almost balearic um, to things that are heavily influenced by the 90s. But this is a lot heavier, it's a lot harder. Um, and that's not everyone's cup of tea. Uh, well, should we move on? I think we should. Um, so um, let's slow things right down. Sad robot world. the closest we'll get to a ballad on this album um and i think there's for me there's nothing better than a a very slow melancholy pet shop boys track that's also a huge pop song i don't know how do they do it <laughs> um and just bring the two together i always like something that has the feel of something a little bit more delicate and intelligent but maybe still has those trappings of a great um full-on pop song and this that's I think for me a good example of that you're not an Adele fan then not like. my cup of tea um it's um I think it's a, potentially a comment on modern times as well I think it's an ode to sort of the self-checkout machines at Tesco probably and do those... you think Neil Tennant has had an unexpected item in the bagging area and has just thought bloody hell um surely he gets someone to go to Waitrose for him well, a Waitrose yeah yeah um, Did the Waitrose self-checkouts are are harder than the ones they have elsewhere because they're a different design though. But they don't have the way thing. No. But that's that's by the by. I really would urge everyone to actually go and look at the lyrics and and, and or actually every the lyrics to every single Pet Shop Boys song can be found on their website. But actually to read the lyrics, I think these are actually some of Neil's most poetic uh, lyrics, and there's some really nice lines um, right at the end there. Um, Sad robot world, machinery is sighing. I thought I heard one crying. Artificial intelligence all over again. Artificial intelligence yet again. Yeah. Um, we're on to track 10 now, um, and this is Say It To Me. So I mentioned before that I'd point out when it was my least favourite song. Please don't tell me it was go- it's going to be this one. I am going to say it to you. Oh, I think it's damn. this one. It just never really connect. For me, it's just a little bit too simple. That's all I have to say on this song. I think, okay, this is one more thing I will say. It was chosen as a single and I think that the song coming next would have been a far better choice. I think... Some things are best left as treats tucked away on albums, and I think we'll—I'm sure we'll both—it'd be very clear about how we feel about the next song when the next song comes up. But just to come back to this one, uh, I really love this one. It's—it's it's very upbeat. It's very punchy. 
um, it rises and it falls, and it's just um, it's just a lovely piece of music. So let's move into a real banger now. It's Burn, track eleven. Um, I think we both we both kind of sighed just as that track ended because we didn't want it to end. Dan, you were just saying there's a remix on um, what what release? What single release is it from this campaign? I think it's the Undertow one. It's the last single from it. And there's a remix which does not do this song justice. And why remix when you could just extend? I think for me, this summarizes what this album, what this campaign was all about. That kind of. The dance edge, the immediacy of it, the the energy that kind of comes, even through some of the slow tracks that comes through it, it all kind of comes to a climax here. Um, this this song, yeah, is it, like you said before, is so reminiscent of the eighties uh, stuff with those horns, kind of very very Trevor Horn, I suppose. Um, but also, Sir Trevor Horn, is he a Sir? He should be. Well, one day he will be, and this... just for the work he did with Tattoo alone, he should be. Well, are we going to feature them on a track by track? I didn't think they're coming up. Right. This, this, I think, is so reminiscent of In the Night, which is one of my favourite, possibly top ten all-time Pet Shop Boys songs. And I think they played them quite close to each other when they did the, the tour, um, which sounded great together. And, and But Burn, I have to say, at best of all, to an audience of people who, again, probably hadn't heard Super, the album, and this wasn't a single from it, it was a real highlight, I think, not just for me, but for the entire... Uh, crowd there. Did I mention I was on the very front row on the barrier? Because I was. Getting crushed to death during this song, no doubt. I think I was crushing people. Like, I know you wish this, this was a single, but I think I think it's I, something like this, and I'm sure we'll talk more about these, these album tracks are just incredible pieces of music tucked away on the back end of an album. I like the fact that they're there, and if you know they're there, you enjoy them and talk to other people that enjoy them. But, you know, would this have had commercial chart success? Uh, would any Probably of these tracks not. had commercial chart success? That's not the point. But um, I don't think it needed to be a single. I think it's very, very, very loved where it is. The fact that it's remained on on set lists um, of of the Super Tour for it's been going for two years, has it now? Or, or certainly the upcoming uh, festival hall shows will mark two years since they were there. Yeah, I think it's a real fan favourite. Um, we're at the last track on the album, track no. twelve. Um, and this is Into Thin Air. album is as good as its closing track uh, and the real mark of a quality album is when that last song is is just leaves you wanting more and for me this song is is a prime example of that i, I hope I it's think... not i hope it's not a statement of intent um vanishing into thin air because to finish the album and leave us hanging with that and i it's it, you're right this it sounds incredible 
And I think, you know, very much still in keeping with that dance theme and the beat running through it. But again, with a real change of tone and a change of pace in that. I hear a lot of craft work in that song. And I think some electronic music naysayers would question how you can make sort of heartfelt, emotive music using machines. Um, and I think this is a prime example of how you can do that. And we're at the end of the album. So any final thoughts? I think it's one of the best albums Pet Boys have made to date. And I can't wait to hear what happens next. You're right. You're right. You're very right. I think it's it's great fun. You know, I love the relentlessness and how immediate it is. But we're not quite done, are we? No, we don't want to give you that. (laughs) We don't want to leave you with that. So this next part of the podcast is further listening, where we're going to choose a couple of songs. In this case, from this particular era of Pet Shop Boys' career, because there's so much there. They're a band who never leave us without B-sides uh, and a plethora of remixes. I remember Neil Tennant, uh, I read an interview a while ago with him where he he said that a lot of, a lot of, for a lot of bands, remixes are an afterthought, so they're not import, as important as, as the, the main product that they're producing. But for, for him, he loves, he loves them because it's something new, it's a fresh take. And I've read a couple of things now where he's really passionate about specific versions of his songs um, that have been remixed or reworked. When we talk about Further Listening, Pet Shop Boys release albums called Further Listening with remixes and B-sides and unreleased tracks on, and they continue to kind of mine all of this for us, which is amazing. Um, so even though in this podcast we will have a Further Listening section every week, Dan, do you want to share your, um, from this, from the super era of the Pet Shop Boys, your Further Listening choice? Uh, yeah, definitely. So mine is uh, Wiedersehen, which is a B-side from 20-something. Let's listen to it a bit, a bit first, actually. Wiedersehen Auf Wiedersehen Wie wir gehen Auf So why Wiedersehen? I think, as you could hear from that little snippet, it's a stark contrast to Super. And in fact, everything that I've been saying about Super and how brilliant and bombastic and 80s and 90s and hedonistic it is, it is nothing like that. But at the same time, I think it just shows the Pet Shop Boys' craft for writing an emotive and this time piano-led song. Something I read about the song recently was that it was released on that B-side on the day that we left the EU, on Brexit Day, and it's called Wiedersehen, so... That's that's brilliant. Um, um, I mean, it's not brilliant that we left <laughs> the EU, but I think just the theme of that song, I mean, the title of that song, it's just... Um, I think it's just another brilliant thing about the Petra Boys, isn't it? They're tapping into politics, popular culture, what's going on in the world, and how they manage to weave that into the music they make is brilliant. Um, and another little nugget of information for this song, which apparently the Neil... The Neil? The Neil Tennant. Uh, the Neil the Neil Tennant wrote it about the Austrian novelist Stefan Zweig, who I know nothing about, I've never heard <laughs> of before. Um, but Rufus Wainwright appears on some of the backing vocals later on in the track, which I think is quite cool. That's really cool. Um, your thoughts on that song? 
I'm not a fan. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's, move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, and I think you'll understand why when I tell you about my uh, further listening track from from this campaign. And it's um, it's a, I've, I've gone in a completely different direction. I've chosen um, a re-recording, a reworking of a classic Pet Shop Boys track. track. It's one of my favourites, but I love what they've done with this. I love how they've given it the super treatment with production from Stuart Price. And again, it really popped live. And it came about and it appeared on the EP because it was so well received. This is the super version of Left in My Own Devices. version of an old favourite. Is it better than the original? It's not better than the original. I think it's almost as good as the original. The Petrol Boys are very generous in, you know, they, they, they revisit things they've done before, they remaster, they re-record, they remix classic tracks. Um, they're not afraid to, to, to do something a bit different with their back catalogue and I think that's a great example of it. I just love the a lot of the influence we've talked about in across all the tracks in Super have been applied to a classic Petra Boy song. And I think I love the experimentation in that. And I, for me personally, I really enjoy it. It brings out something, you know, really, really exciting. Uh, what did you think of it, Dan? Yeah, I really... I think for me, actually, I Ooh. do prefer that to the original. The original was never a favourite, really. I mean, we were lucky enough to see them at Royal Albert Hall with uh, the Philharmonic Orchestra... And that was probably a highlight of that show. But uh, in general, I think I prefer this new version. Yeah, it's a great song. Um, we're coming towards the end now. Boo-hoo. Boo-hoo. Um, I have to ask, I'm, I'm sure we'll revisit the Pet Shop Boys at some point um, because there's so many other albums and tracks that I'm, I'm busting to talk about. But Dan, a favourite Pet Shop Boys track ever? What is it? That is a huge question. And believe it or not, I'm not prepared for this I think I'm going to have to go with... It seems a bit cliche, I think I'll have to go with It's a Sin. It's just huge. The production on it is just so huge. You can't really believe it's these two guys from London, one behind a synthesizer, and, and that's it, really. It's epic, isn't it? It's epic. It's a classic. A favourite from you, or perhaps even a favourite album? A favourite album? Uh, I was a big fan of Yes. I'd, I'd struggled to pick a favourite album. I've got so many favourite tracks across every album if I had to pick a favourite track uh, Red Letter Day is probably my favourite it's um, probably not as beloved as a lot of Petra Boys tracks it went in and out of the top 40 in 1996 within a week um, but I love the, what the song's all about again the lyrics are incredible the production is great they took a sample from Motivate who were huge remixing at the time and actually incorporated it into the radio edit of the song. Plus there were some brilliant remixes by Motivate um, at the time. Um, and I just think it was very of its time. And just the lyrics for me, just uh, very relatable. We're out of time, aren't we? That was, yeah, that was super by Pet Shop Boys. Hopefully we'll be going track by track through some other favourites, some other highlights of popular music from the last however many years ever ever but what did you think um do you love super what do you think about the pet shop boys is there an album that you'd love to hear us pull apart um for for one reason or another i think um 
Share your thoughts on Twitter at Move to Trash UK. Um, do visit the website Move to Trash uk yes <laughs> um, and also subscribe so that you never miss an episode of track by track should we give a couple of hints about what might what's be coming to come next? yeah i guess we've got i think we're going to be trotting across the dance floor a few times i think we're going to be visiting our shared love of girl groups from the 90s hopefully I think we're going to be revisiting our shared love of 80s groups who are still going strong now yep Anything else you'd care to share? I think thinking about next week, uh, a few hints around that one. Um, we're going to be looking at the latest album by a group who've been going for, well, who formed 40 years ago. Um, and on this album, they featured uh, Jeanelle Monet, Nile Rogers, Kaiser, Lindsay Lohan, Mr. Hudson. So if you think you know, um, maybe let us know on Twitter who you think is coming up. Until then, I've been Neil Tennant. I've been Chris Lowe. See you next time. Goodbye.